Well, as I mentioned at the top of the service, uh, today is the Feast of St. Michael, and uh, it's, it's a big day, and of course, in the life of the church for us, anyway, and um, it seems to me that since we, and last year, this sermon started a year ago, because last year when we did uh, the Feast of St. Michael, I thought, I wonder how much people know about angels. And I was thinking about uh, many years ago, Billy uh, Graham wrote a book on angels, and he started it out in the first chapter by saying, I've never heard anybody give a sermon on angels. And for many of you in the room, you've never heard a sermon on angels till today. So you will get a sermon today. And uh, uh, that's what we're going to look at today. And it's an interesting thing because our culture is very um, focused on angels. There's all kinds of figurines and visual things. And, um, you know, in music, there are angels everywhere from classic Aerosmith angel to, you know, recent stuff. Angels find their way into song and art and Everywhere we see TV, all kinds of different places in our culture. And then it's, there's lots of curious things about it to me. Because one, for example, a lot of people who would declare themselves atheists will still believe in angels. And certainly we in the church make a big deal about angels. You know, you can see them, obviously, in this church, all throughout the church. You'll see images of angels. In a few minutes when uh, Ken comes up and does our Eucharistic prayer, he'll say the prayer we do every single week of with angels and archangels, with all the company of heaven. And we never really stop to talk about those angels, right? They're all around us. And I don't know why that is, but we want to look at a number of questions today. Like, who are the angels? What do the angels do? What did they do then? What do they do now? How many can fit on a pin? Um, no, not that one, but all the other questions we want to, we want to do. And that's what I want to look at um, this morning for just a bit as we do a meditation on angels today. And the beginning place is to just start out by saying angels exist. That's what we believe. That's what the church is taught. That's what we see in scripture. You, if you were to go uh, read your Bible cover to cover, just making notes about every time an angel appears and does something or says something, there'll be more than 300 times that angels appear or speak or do something. And the, tr the, uh, the experience of Christians through the ages um, it gives testimony to talking about encounters with angels in different ways. And the tradition of the church is that way. So the beginning place is just saying, if we believe in scripture, we believe in the faith that's been handed on to us in the generations, we believe angels exist. What are they? How do we understand what their nature is? Well, the beginning place maybe is to think about the word for a second. And I'll just tell you right away, the word angels doesn't really help us because all it really means is messengers from God or God's envoys. And we'll talk about more about their function in a minute, but I want to get at what is their nature? What are they, what are they about? Hebrews one tells us that they're spirits, that they're, they're spirits, but they're akin to humans. And certainly through the pages of scripture, you'll see people encountering them in human form. Obviously, that's a thing that, that, that happens. But they're different enough that when you read Scripture, there are places where the people are, are scared of them or where people want to worship them. So they're definitely different in some way. Their presence is different in some way like that. Um, they're typically, as you read the different accounts, you would say they're, they're not one gender or the other kind of a thing, that they're outside of time, that they have more knowledge than we do. They certainly have more uh, physical strength than we do. They have their own angelic language that they can speak at times. And they're deeply committed to the salvation of humans. That's kind of a quick whirlwind of some of the things you learn about, okay, who are they? What are they, what are they like? 
And I think one of the reasonable questions for us to ask today, and I'm sure you'll be thinking about it after today's sermon, is why don't we encounter them more? And I think part of the answer is our uh, minds and what we think they are. Because for what reasons we can talk about, throughout all the history of art, they've always been shown with wings. And we've never met anybody with wings. And so we're like, yeah, no, I don't, I don't ever encounter that. But they're shown with wings to show they're from heaven and they're messengers and all that. But if you actually go read the scripture accounts, there's no mention of wings. Like, you know, when they encounter that, they're like, oh, you know, that, that, that that's going on. Right. And we, we learn, you know, elsewhere that we that at times are even encountered as angels. We've entertained angels unaware. So there wasn't the big puffy wings weren't, you know, hidden in a backpack or something. It was. <laughs> It was that, that that just wasn't even there. And then we read about how there are legions of them, myriads of them. There's a huge number of angels. We learn that they have a hierarchical order, that they're organized in some way. There's places in scripture that it sort of alludes to them being sort of a court system. We certainly know that there are within this hierarchy, there are a couple archangels. And in the pages of scripture, there are two that are mentioned. Right. The two archangels mentioned are Gabriel and Michael that we celebrate today. All right. Those are the two archangels that get mentioned. And uh, Gabriel is known as the great messenger. And uh, Michael is the great warrior. And, you know, you'll see that as you walk through our church. One of the first times I came through here and we're walking up by the chapel with all the little kids going and there's Michael with his big old sword. And I'm like, oh, man, can't we? Can we make that a little softer somehow? But Michael's the warrior, right? And you'll see him also. We'll, we'll say more about him in a, in a few minutes, some other places in our church. But so those are the two archangels and what, and what they're about. So our next kind of question is, okay, well, what do they do? What are they about? And it, that can be answered very straightforward and very simply. They are servants and messengers. Full stop. That's what they are. Servants and messengers. And so they do whatever God asks them to do. And they're oftentimes are bringing different kinds of messages, right? That reminds me of the one I've heard. <laughs> Give me some grace on this one. Um, it reminds me of the story of this couple that died and they come before the pearly gates of heaven. And um, when they arrive, God tells them, I've got, I've got a little bit of good news. You're here. Everything's good. But the bad news is your mansion's not ready yet. And uh, so God says, but you know, what we'll do is we're going to, we'll let you go back to earth while we're finishing your mansion and you can go as anything you want. And the woman says, Oh, I, I know I want to go as an Eagle. He says, that is no problem. Poof. Away she goes. And the, the guy who is uh, a little bit of a, of a, a dweeb, probably, probably like me says, oh, I want to go back as I want to be the, the coolest stud that there is. <laughs> and God says, no problem. Poof gone. And then after a number of months, their mansions are finished and God calls his angels because they're the servants. And a couple of them come and he says, uh, I need you to go get these folks. Their mansions are ready. And he says, OK, well, and the angels are like, well, where do we find them? And he says, oh, OK, well, you, you need to go to the Grand Canyon and look for this eagle that's soaring all about because she wanted to go as an eagle. That's where you're going to find her. Go, go get her there. And the other angel says, well, where do I find him? And he says, well, you need to go to Fairbanks, Alaska and look at the, the studded snow tires. <laughs> All right. Super cool studs. All right. They're the servants and the messengers and, and they, in the pages of scripture, you see them do lots and lots of different things. You see them 
announce births. You see them give assurances to different people. You see them in the Old Testament where they're commissioning um, certain tasks for people to go do um, different things. You see them giving the prophets the words to say. You see them leading or guiding or correcting or getting somebody to stop with what they're going to do. And yes, you do see them exercising God's judgment at different times. You see them throughout all of salvation history doing all kinds of things. And from here where we are, as we eventually get about a month and change from now, we'll head into Advent. I think that's when you'll start to hear the readings have more and more angels in them as we head towards Christmas. But throughout all of salvation history, you see the angels again and again. And I'll just give you just a few examples. You think about the angels closing off paradise on earth. You think about Lot being protected by the angels, or you think about um, Hagar and her son being saved by the angels. You think about Abraham being stopped um, with Isaac. You think about how the angels lead God's people. Um, you think about, again, going to Gabriel, how he announces the birth of John the Baptist and how he announces the birth of Jesus. All these things going, going on all the way from the incarnation, all the way to the ascension. You see him again and again involved in lots of different ways. And then we turn to Jesus's life in particular. And you see throughout Jesus's life, they're very involved, right? From the beginning, we read about in Hebrews 13 about how, G, uh, how God tells the angels they are to worship him. And of course, we hear on Christmas Eve, we're always going to hear about the big throng of angels that appear crying out um, and singing these, these great songs that we, that we sing at Christmas time. So we think about that. We think about how the angels protect Jesus as he's a child. We think about them protecting him in the desert. We think about them comforting him in the garden of uh, Gethsemane. You think all these different ways and they are all about the good news because they're ultimately going to be the ones who are proclaiming his incarnation, proclaiming his resurrection. There are all these different ways that you see God using them. God uses them as part of his plan of salvation to share this good news. That's the same call God gives to us to be involved in his plan of salvation and to help proclaim this good news. That's a big piece of what we're about. And the final bit that we see them do is uh, to exercise God's judgment. So we read at the end of times and these eschatological scenes, we always get this picture of the angels coming when Jesus returns and how his angels are the ones ultimately working to carry out the judgment, all these different aspects of what they do. That's what angels are about. That's what they do. I want to turn in just a second and talk about why I think they matter today. But before we do that, I want to take one detour, kind of go off road for one second and to say, say something about St. Michael, um, because at our offertory today, Justin and the band are going to do a song about St. Michael. And I don't want you to think, well, he preached on angels. I don't even know what that song's about. Where'd that come from? St. Michael is this warrior angel. But back in the 12th chapter of Revelation, you get this one story about him in particular for which he's famous. And it's a passage that talks about how there's a war that breaks out in heaven. And it's the fallen angels. And it's the dragon who, we, who the scripture says right there in that same passage is Satan. And there's this battle that takes place. And ultimately, uh, Michael and his angels throw down, cast out the dragon, kill the dragon, or throw the dragon out and all his angels with him. 
and they go out. That's the story that gets told. And then there's this refrain that you're going to hear in the chorus of the song that is in scripture that, that comes out of what he says. And scholars who've looked at this usually come out saying this is one to three things going on with this story. And Revelation, you're always a little, you always got to take Revelation just a little bit unsteady because there are lots of ways to look at it. And on this one, the things that they'll say, well, this story, some will say is premortal history. This is before humans really get into the scene. This is the story of where Satan came from. That there's this battle, fallen angel, thrown out, all of this. Sometimes people will say it's the other way. This is at the end of times later on. And sort of a third way that people look at this is that it's all about spiritual warfare that's going on. I'm not going to dig deeper than that, but I wanted you to have a little context when you hear our song at the offertory and thanks to Justin and the crew for, for doing that. I think the question we, we get to next and the final real question is all this talk about angels. Why, why do they matter to us today? Or do they matter to us today? And I want to suggest that um, if we know they exist and we believe whether we know what they're doing or not, their commission in part is to help us. And I want to read just a, a couple passages of scripture for you to think about on this. Hebrews one says this, it says, they are, they not all ministering spirits sent forth to serve for the sake of those who are to obtain salvation or as the message translation says it, isn't it obvious that all angels are sent to help out with those lined up to receive salvation that they're sent um, to help us. Psalm 34 says the angel Lord encamps around those who fear him and delivers them. Psalm 91, for he will give his angels charge of you to guard you in all your ways. This idea that angels are about helping us and spiritually or physically, we can talk and debate, but they're about helping us and protecting us. And one of the debates that takes place that I will admit doesn't completely matter how you answer it has to do with guardian angels, because some people think that each person in this room has their own angel. That's your guardian angel. And the, where this comes from are those passages that I just read. And then also from Matthew 18. And this is what Jesus says there. He says, see that you do not despise one of these little ones. For I tell you that in heaven, their angels are always behold the face of the father who's in heaven. And, and as early as the fourth century, St. Basil um, is saying beside each believer stands an angel as a protector and a shepherd leading him to life. This idea that, that maybe that's the case, but we certainly believe that, that angels are there in some way helping us. Um, as I mentioned before, Billy Graham wrote this book and part of what he says in it is believers look up, take courage. The angels are nearer than you think for after all, God has given his angels charge of you to guard you in all your ways on their hands. They will bear you up unless you dash your foot against a stone. John Wesley preached a sermon on angels and said that they know our thoughts and they know our words as they're about trying to help us. And there are lots of stories. I think pe people are reluctant to say them, but there are lots of stories through the ages. And even today of people who will talk about some mystic mystical experience, a God moment where they've encountered more or less an angel, an extra person or the person who shows up and did this and then they're gone. And all these different kinds of stories that just leave you going, Hmm, and wondering about this. And, and I think part of the message today is to celebrate angels, including St. Michael on our feast day, but to also take comfort in knowing that God has dispatched angels to watch over and protect us in that. And I hope there'll be some discussion around that today at lunch. Somebody asked me today, are you going to give us homework? Okay, well, there you go. Talk about that one. <laughs>
I want to end with one final thought. The church has always talked a lot about angels at the end of our lives. And um, there are lots of different uh, thoughts on that. In the book of common prayer, when we get to the funeral service, um, some of y'all will remember the words where we talk about um, the funeral. One of the words you'll hear is into paradise. May the angels lead thee. This idea that the angels are the one that are going to meet you at death and bring you to the, to that next place. And um, I'm going to lead you before, I, uh, before I pray, pray, I'm going to leave you with one final quote from Billy Graham who since, you know, obviously he's passed away a number of years ago, but he, this is what he said in his book. He says, the scripture, the scriptures say there is a time to be born and a time to die. And when my time to die comes, an angel will be there to comfort me. He will give me peace and joy, even at the most critical hour and usher me into the presence of God. And I will dwell with the Lord forever. Thank God for the ministry of his blessed angels. Let us pray. Gracious Lord, we thank you that you love us and that you've created us and that you've called us as your people. Thank you for calling us out of sin and into life through Jesus. Thank you for the angels and the faithful role in your plans that they play, that they minister to us. Help us to be encouraged in this knowledge and mightily assisted by them. We pray this in Jesus name. Amen.